0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Do you spend your life as a witness of Jesus Christ? How often do you testify to the work of Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life? Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 1 and look at the greatest witness of Jesus Christ there has ever been. Well, good morning, and welcome to another teaching. It is Friday morning here in Texas. Hopefully, y'all are doing well, loving on Jesus. What's that thing we always say? We want to, we want to spend our lives living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. Right, Melanie? There's nothing more important in our lives than just. Uh, Growing to know Jesus, growing to live for him, love for him, give for him, and forgive for him. Remember, when we forgive, we're not forgiving for people. Okay. We forgive because we have been forgiven so much in Jesus Christ, because our Heavenly Father has forgiven us so much. We forgive because that's what Jesus commanded us to do. That's what he expects us to do. And it's not our job, right? Uh To to bring punishment, right? That's that's not our job. Um, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Um, And so, it's Jesus's job, right, to do that. So again, living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Today we're going to continue in the Gospel of John. Um, We're going to do verses five, six. I'm sorry, verses six, seven, eight and nine today. A couple of teachings ago. We did one through five. Who is Jesus? And today we're going to talk about John the Baptist. Um, we're going to talk about his incredible testimony, why he came in to the world. Um, his unique calling. And although his calling was unique, it's the same calling every human being in the world for the last 2,000 years. We've all had the same calling. Of John the Baptist. And we're going to see that here. So we're going to go ahead and pray and then we'll read and we will get rolling. Lord Jesus, we worship you today and we thank you. We thank you for the incredible living word of God. We thank you for our Bible, Father. We thank you for giving us your word, Father. Above all, we thank you, Father, for giving us your son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you for becoming a human man for us, living a perfect life for us and dying a perfect death for us. We worship you, Lord, this day. Lord, we proclaim you alive and risen today, our risen Lord and Savior. We thank you and praise you. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us now. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear as we open the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Uh, John 1, verses 6, 7, 8, and 9. Verse 6. There came a man who was sent from God, his name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. Verse 8, he himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're introduced here to one of the most important biblical characters in all the Bible, John the Baptist. Okay. Verse six, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin. Okay. He was born six months before Jesus. If, uh, if you read the gospel of Luke chapter one, you know, you'll see the account in the birth of John the Baptist, it's it's a pretty incredible account. You'll see that Mary, Jesus's mother, when she gets pregnant, goes and visits Elizabeth, who's already six months pregnant, and um, you'll see the incredible account of this man. It is said of John the Baptist that that he, you know, he was he was filled with the Spirit of God even from the womb, and you'll see that scripture across the bottom. Um, John the Baptist was sent ahead of Jesus. And, and the magnitude of this cannot be overstated. There are, throughout the scriptures, there are tremendous men and women of God that did tremendous things in service to the kingdom of God and in love for God. And always remember: when I say God, I'm referencing the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One of the great mistakes we make as ministers, as preachers, and as Christians, is we keep saying God, 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 God. Every religion has the word God. Only in biblical Christianity do we have a relational God. God our Father, right? Take the word God out of your vocabulary and replace it with Heavenly Father, or Lord Jesus, Jesus is God, or Holy Spirit, right? As Christians, as children of our Heavenly Father, our life is to be spent growing in relationship with God our Father, growing in relationship with Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and Master and King, growing in relationship with the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit who lives in us. He is our comforter, our guide, our counselor. Um, so when you certainly there's nothing wrong with saying the word God, but when we're specific, right, when we talk about, you know, our heavenly father, when we talk about the Lord Jesus, when we talk about the Holy Spirit and when we use their names specifically, it's a much more relational term. OK, think about if you started calling your father or your dad by his first name, that wouldn't be very special, right? Now, I'll say again, uh, certainly again, there's nothing wrong with saying God, right? It's fine. The point is that every religion has the word God. You're a child of your heavenly father. He's not just God to you. He's your daddy. He's your father, right? Jesus Christ is your Lord and your savior, your master, your king, your friend, right? So you want to start, you know, you really want to start referring to each member of the Trinity individually individually that you might grow in your relationship with each member of the Trinity. And the more relational you can be, the more it will build your relationship is simply what I'm saying. Um, and so, again, this is uh, this is epidemic, okay? Um, when you say Heavenly Father, now most people will say, most Christians will say, well, that's what I mean when I say God, well, say what you mean, right? If 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 you're saying God and in your mind you're meaning Heavenly Father, then start saying Heavenly Father. If you're saying you know I'm trying to live my life for you know what God has told me to do, start saying you know I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to you know be led by what Jesus is having me to do. I'm trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to grow to know my Heavenly Father more intimately. So again, what we we want to replace the word God. With the relational names that the scripture has given us for the Holy Trinity. There's a reason in the scriptures that God, our Father, is represented as our Father, as our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. That term is given us so that we would know Him as our Father, that we would walk with Him as our Father, not just, you know, some distant God that every relationship has, right? There's the the triune God has revealed themselves to us as a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for a purpose. And so anyway, all of that, the point is, there's nothing wrong with saying God. Of course, it's a good thing. But the more specific we can be, right? When you spend time, just don't pray God. Pray to one of the members of the Trinity. Pray to your heavenly Father. Pray to the Lord Jesus. Pray to the Holy Spirit. When you're praising and thanking God. Give praise to your heavenly father. Give praise to Jesus. Be specific. Praise and worship the Holy Spirit. And the more you do these things, uh, the more it will help you to grow in your relationship and intimacy with with each member of the triune God. Remember, uh, God in the scriptures is represented in a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are all distinct separate beings. Okay. They are all God. They're all, all knowing. They're all, all powerful. They're all omnipresent. And the privilege of our life is to grow in relationship with each of them individually and collectively. So this man, John the Baptist, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. That's John one verse six, never before in the scripture, Never before in the scripture. There have been incredible men of God and women of God throughout this this, this incredible Bible. But when Jesus Christ, God the Son, full-blown God the Son, Jesus, enters the world, different and distinctly from every other man or woman of God in history, a forerunner is sent ahead of Jesus to prepare the way for him. No forerunners sent ahead of Abraham. No forerunners sent ahead of Moses. No forerunners sent ahead of David. No forerunners sent ahead of John the Baptist. Okay? Now, certainly all these men of God, they, their lives built on one another, and the Lord used them in their time accordingly. But when God enters the world in the form of the Son of God, God the Son, Jesus Christ a forerunner is sent. Someone is sent ahead. John the Baptist is sent ahead by God. God, the Father, sends John the Baptist into the world before Jesus comes. John begins his earthly ministry. Again, you can see in Luke 1 that John is six months older than Jesus. He's the cousin of Jesus. Um, It's probable based on the culture of that time that that they would have shared family events together. And I'm looking for my clock here. That way I know how far along I am in the teaching and I know where to stop. So John is sent ahead of Jesus. And <clears throat> his ministry, scholars say, is around 18 months, believe it or not. Um, at 30 years old, he's revealed to the world And for 18 months, he spends his life testifying boldly to the Messiah, the Savior, God, the Son, Jesus Christ. He is sent ahead of Jesus to testify and witness that Jesus Christ is the the promised Messiah that the Bible said would come. Okay. Um, This is his entire job. So we can see that when Jesus enters the world, when God, the son, the son of God, Jesus Christ comes into the world, it's not like anybody else. Okay. Jesus is not comparable to anyone else. You cannot put him in the same, the same sentence with anyone else. Okay. There is such a difference between, again, you could say Moses, most scholars would say Moses is the second most important biblical character to Christ. But the difference between Moses and Christ, the the, the gap between them cannot be filled, okay? Jesus is so far more than any of the human beings, men or women, that serve God that we have in the scripture, including all the men and women that serve God today, us as Christians. Jesus is so much more, it it cannot even be stated. Words cannot be given for how much more Jesus is. And because Jesus is so much more. Unlike anyone else, this special minister, this special man of God is sent ahead of Jesus. Verse six, there there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. Verse seven, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light. The reason for John the Baptist to come into the world, the reason that he was sent Before Jesus, verse 7, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light. John's calling, ironically, is the same as our calling as every Christian today. Verse 7, he came as a witness, May, to testify concerning that light. That's our job as Christians. Once you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you don't know him, you can give your life to him right now. Romans ten thirteen says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible teaches that all human beings are sinful. All human beings need a savior. We're desperate, we're hopeless. The Bible is clear. Out of that knowledge, out of that understanding, out of that desperation, out of that, out of that clear belief that we are sinful and hopeless, We believe the word of God, that God, the father sent Jesus Christ into the world to save you from your sin and to save me. And you believe that and you call out to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin, to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's how you call on the name of the Lord. It's not the words that save us, it's Jesus Christ that saves us. But you give your life to Jesus by acknowledging your hopelessness as a sinful person, you cannot save themselves, and you know Jesus Christ is your only hope, as the Bible clearly explains, to have your sins forgiven, to come into relationship with the triune God, and to ultimately go to heaven when you die. Now, once you become a Christian, Once you've given your life to Christ, your job, like John the Baptist, is to be a witness concerning the light. Verse 7, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light. Regrettably, in the church today, as Christians, we often testify, you know, consciously and subconsciously to many things that aren't the light. Jesus Christ is the only light. And our job as Christians is to spend our life growing to be more like Jesus, growing to obey Jesus, growing to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, as Romans 8.29 says we were destined to do, to be conformed to the image of the Son. That means to be like him in every manner and every way. We want to be more like Jesus and then to testify to anyone that will listen about Jesus. That is our calling. It says in Matthew eleven eleven. if you want to turn to Matthew eleven eleven, 11, Jesus makes an astounding comment about John the Baptist. He doesn't say this about anyone else. Look what he says in Matthew 11, verse 11. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Wow. <laughs> Did you hear that, Scott? I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, every human being ever brought into the world has been born of women. Even Jesus Christ came into the world through a woman, right? Now, it wasn't Joseph that made Mary pregnant, it was. It was God the Father, the Holy Spirit, who made Mary pregnant. It was the Spirit of God who came on Mary and made her pregnant, right? So that's why, since God the Holy Spirit made Mary pregnant, that's why God is Jesus' Father, right? And not Joseph. But when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist." There was never anyone greater than John the Baptist. Why is that? Why is it Moses wasn't greater? Abraham wasn't greater? David wasn't greater? Daniel wasn't greater? Why is it none of the incredible men and women of God that came were any greater than John the Baptist? And the answer is clear. John the Baptist came as a witness to Jesus, a witness to Declare Jesus. And I said before, oftentimes as Christians, we can witness to a lot of things. But oftentimes it's not Jesus. What are you witnessing to today? What is your witness to today? For most of us, our witness is to a comfortable lifestyle. Our witness is to our outward appearance. Our witness is to just our earthly comforts. John the Baptist had none of this, okay? John the Baptist's life was devoted to being a greater and greater witness to Jesus Christ. And you saw it in Matthew 11. Jesus said, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. You gotta go to heaven to be greater than John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. We, too, the reason, again, John the Baptist, the reason that there's never been one greater is because John spent his life as a witness to Jesus Christ, and there's nothing more important than that. There's literally nothing more important than anyone, Abraham, David, Moses, Joseph, Daniel. There's literally nothing more important than being a witness of Jesus Christ, That's what we want our lives to be. Beginning today, determine that you're going to live your life a little more and a little more each day as a witness testifying to Jesus Christ, Nathan, speaking about Jesus Christ, Lauren, glorifying Jesus Christ, Kristen. That's the purpose of our lives. That's why we exist, is to be a witness to the light. Of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? There literally is nothing more important than that. We say it over and over and over and over. We talk about spending time with Jesus. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. It began with John the Baptist and it carries on with you and I that all people, notice it says all men, that means all men and women, all humanity might believe and trust in Jesus Christ. As a Christian today, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, how much and how often are you a witness of Jesus? How much is the name of Jesus on your lips? For the, ma- for the vast majority of us as Christians and in the church, it's not very often. Okay? The name of Jesus ought to be on our lips, not only on Sunday mornings, but every day. John the Baptist spent his life witnessing and pointing people to Jesus Christ. It's our job to spend our lives increasingly becoming like Jesus, being obedient to Jesus, being conformed to Jesus, and witnessing and speaking about Jesus and pointing people to Jesus. That's the meaning of our life. And in that we'll have more fulfillment than anything this life or this world could ever offer us so that through him all men might believe. It's your job and my job that all humanity might come to know and believe and trust in Jesus Christ as the as their only Lord and Savior, might truly believe that God the Father sent God the Son into the world, that Jesus Christ of his own will and volition, God the Son entered the world, became a human man. Do you believe that today? It's our job as Christians to proclaim and witness to Jesus and what he did and that he did come into the world, that he did live a perfect life on our behalf, all humanity, that he did die a perfect death on our behalf and that he is indeed alive and risen. And that if you'll trust in Jesus Christ today, all of your sin, past, present and future sin, will be credited to Christ at the cross. Christ will take all your sin when he was nailed to that cross That was so he would take all of your sin, will be put to Christ at the cross, and the perfect righteous life that Jesus lived will be credited to you and me. That incredible exchange is the heart of the Christian gospel. That truth, that incredible truth that every sin I've ever committed was paid for and and forgiven and taken by Jesus at the cross. Jesus was punished at the cross by God the Father for my sin, all of it. And somehow that exchange, that incredible trade of all of my wickedness, all of my disobedience, all of my selfishness, all of my sin, I give to Jesus. And in exchange, he credits me with his perfect righteous life is a, is a degree of love that cannot be explained. That's what we need to witness to. That's what we need to speak about. That's the privilege of our lives. Just like John, it says, so that through him, all men might believe. It's our job that that all men and women, everywhere in the world, as we witness and testify concerning the light of Jesus Christ, that every human being could believe. Man, the Bible says that if we would do that and we'd get on with it, that Jesus could come back. And that should be the cry of our hearts. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. The Bible ends. In the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, if you turn to it, the second to the last verse, you'll see the Apostle John say, Amen, come, Lord Jesus. We want Jesus to come and touch down and uh, just take over the rulership of this earth. He is in control, right? But because he is... You know, he has not come. He has not established his, his physical presence on earth. We still have all the problems, all the sickness, all the disease, all the crime, all the sin, all the terrible things. When Jesus comes, all of that will be put to an end. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse eight. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The Apostle John wants to make it clear that John the Baptist was not the light. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Um, Before we started this, uh, this, this teaching, this recording, um, this video, I did my last study on this with uh, my brother Jesse. He's an elder at Kingdom Discipleship, and um, man, he uh, he just Jesse had an outstanding observation here. Verse eight said he himself was not the light. Sometimes we can confuse what the light really is, even as Christians. Jesus Christ is the only light. Okay. There is no light save Jesus Christ. So it starts with, if you don't have Jesus in your life today, you don't have any light at all. Okay. Because the Bible says he is the light. Okay. You remember back in verse five um, of this same book said the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. If you don't have Jesus Christ living in your heart today, you are in absolute darkness. You can't see anything. You can't understand anything. Again, I know that comes off harsh. That's what the Bible teaches. It's the plain teaching of the Bible that we cannot understand anything. We cannot see anything. We cannot understand God. We don't know who he is. We cannot be saved from our sin. We cannot go to heaven. Nothing. We literally can do nothing or see any, not see anything without Jesus. So the first thing is to know is, do you have the light living in you? Because when you give your life to Jesus Christ, as we've talked about, he comes and lives inside of you. God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus comes and lives inside of you and gives you light, gives you understanding, drives the darkness out, right? John wants to make it clear, John the Baptist was not the light, okay? John the Baptist was one of the greatest ministers of all time. John the Baptist, there was never a greater minister than John the Baptist. Jesus makes that clear. Sometimes we can confuse, and this is our fault as ministers. Your pastor is not the light. Certainly I am not the light. Your mom, your dad are not the light. Your seminary is not the light. Jesse made this this great observation how often We can consciously, and I'll say again, even subconsciously, confuse things that are light, that are not light. And and, and this is our fault. This same guy, John, if you turn over to chapter 3, verse 30, he makes this incredible statement. In chapter 3 of the same book, John the Baptist says this. Speaking about Jesus in verse 30, he said, he must become greater I must become less. He, Jesus, must become greater. I must become less. And that needs to be the call of every one of our lives as Christians, and particularly as Christian ministers, Christian preachers, Christian teachers, uh, Christian professors in seminaries. He must become greater. That's one of the most important scriptures in all the Bible for us as ministers and for Christians. He, Jesus, must become greater and I must become less. We are not the light. John the Baptist was not the light and none of us as ministers. No pastor is the light. And sometimes we can get out of bounds in that. Father, I ask you to forgive us. Please forgive us, Lord Jesus, where we we have not made this clear, Lord, that we are in no way the light. Our job is to testify, like John the Baptist, and be a witness to the light, the light of Jesus Christ in every manner and in every way. So examine yourself today. Now, perhaps you have not made a minister your light. Perhaps your light is something else beside Jesus. Maybe it's social media. Maybe your light is television. Maybe your light comes from, uh, you know, other people that are not ministers, celebrities, whatever it is. There is no light save Jesus Christ. He himself was not the light. And Father, I ask you to show us, Holy Spirit, I ask you to show us where we have mistaken other things for the light. Forgive us and cleanse us, Father, in the name of Jesus, where where we have not made clear that it is only Jesus Christ that is the light. Only Jesus Christ that is the light, that brings light, that brings understanding, that brings healing, that brings forgiveness of sins, that brings salvation from sin and entrance to heaven, that brings us into relationship with you, Father, and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. That's all we're called to. We're only called to be witnesses to the light, to proclaim the light of Jesus Christ We are not the light, okay? We can make ourselves too important. And certainly we have done this as ministers. I'm sure I have failed in it. And Father, I ask you to forgive me. We're just not that important. We're not. Our job is to be a witness to the light, the true light of Jesus Christ. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. What are the false lights in your life? What are the things you're turning to for understanding, for insight, for wisdom, for comfort? The first thing we understand is he himself was not the light. Sometimes we can idolize ourselves. We are not the light, okay? I myself I'm not the light. Sometimes I can idolize my own intellect. We can idolize our own understanding, right? We are not the light, the true light that gives light to every man, to every man and woman, to every human being was coming into the world. What are the false lights in your life today? Father, what are they in my life? Holy Spirit, I ask you to reveal to us what... What are the false lights in our life? And help us to repent. Help us to turn to the true light, to turn to you, Jesus, in every manner and in every way for everything. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. The true light is Jesus Christ. So, whatever it is today, wherever you turn to for comfort, for most people, again, it can be finances, it can be money. Um, money's a big stumbling block for us. Jesus Christ is the true light and it's in him. It's in Jesus and Jesus alone that we have understanding, that we have insight, that we have comfort, that we have peace, that we have ongoing relationship with the triune God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this, this incredible man, John the Baptist, Lord, this example to us one and all. Father, I ask you to help us in the name of Jesus, to follow in the footsteps, to follow the example of John the Baptist, to be a witness of Jesus Christ, Lord. Father, I pray that you would help each one of us to become less and for Jesus to become more. Help us to proclaim he must become greater and I must become less. Father, forgive us, forgive me where I have made myself greater and thereby making Jesus less. Help us to be intentional, Father, in being a witness to Jesus and testifying to Jesus. Father, forgive us where we have testified to other things, even not knowing it, Lord. Help us, Lord, like John the Baptist. Put your name in there today. It says there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. Put your name in there. There came a woman sent from God. Her name was Lauren. There came a woman sent from God, her name was Gwenda, her name was Lynn, her name was May. There came a man sent from God, his name was Jose, his name was Stephen. his name was Josh, his name was Caleb, his name was Jordan. Father, I ask you to, to give us eyes that see. Holy Spirit, give us eyes that see and ears that hear as you send us today into the world, to be a witness to the light of Jesus Christ. We love you, and we bless you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.